Hello, this is Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast. I'm Lyndon, and this is our monthly investment market podcast, which means that, as usual, economist and investment manager David Colosimo is here to take us through the investment landscape of the past month and look forward to September. David, welcome back. Hi, Lyndon. Great to be here. Um, David, share markets seem to be a bit weaker in August. Am I right? Yeah, that's right, Lyndon. Uh, markets were softer almost everywhere. Um, both US and Australian shares were down. So there's a few things to get through this month. Excellent. Well, let's get right into it. And as we often do, I reckon let's start in the US. Uh, now, last month, you were talking a lot about whether the US economy might stick a so-called soft landing. What's happening on that front? Is that still on the cards? or? Yeah, I, I definitely think that the economic news that comes out of the US uh, continues to be consistent with that soft landing scenario. So, Things are slowing, but not crashing. And it also looks like some more of the heats coming out of that US labor market. So inflation and wages growth, they're both continuing to slow. Now, a few people have been in this US soft landing camp all along, but we are now starting to see a lot more people who were previously forecasting US recession. They are actually coming around to the idea of a soft landing as well. Okay, well, hopefully that's a, an indicator of some good news. Uh, so, with last month's weakness in share markets that we were talking about a minute ago, mm-hmm. well, what was behind that, do you think? Well, I think there's a, a few things there, but the first and probably most important is that soft landing story's actually been around for a few months now. And by the beginning of August, investor surveys were showing that the majority of investors had become positive about the economy and the prospect for shares. Now, when everyone turns positive and that's in the price, that's actually when the market is most set up for a fall. So if you get a little bit of negative news, then that's often what what happens. And so what were some of those negatives, David? I think there were a few main things. Um, The first was higher bond yields. So uh, when you've got a resilient economy, that tends to see higher bond yields as well. Uh, There was a a credit rating downgrade for the US government. And then there was also an announcement that they are going to actually have to borrow a lot more money than people were expecting. So during the month, we did see a sharp rise in bond yields. And in fact, by mid-August, they were actually at a 15 and a half year high. Now, those yields just became a bit too much for the markets to bear. Uh, The second thing I'd note is that we have seen a stronger US dollar as well. Um, That weighs on company earnings, uh, especially for those companies that earn a significant share of their revenue from overseas. And I think the third thing is that we are seeing continued negative news coming out of China. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about about that negative news? Like what has been going on in China? Well, we spoke last month about a few of those problems, Uh, weak house prices, uh, problems in the local government sector. And this month, it just looks like those problems continue to spread further and they're becoming a little bit harder to control. So property developers, for example, they continue to suffer. The most highly leveraged developers have actually been in trouble for a little bit of time. Uh, But this month, another developer, Country Garden, uh, which at one point has was the biggest market share of, of Chinese residential construction. They also missed a coupon payment on one of their US dollar bonds. Uh, and a few days later, it was announced that a, a local wealth management company uh, had also failed to repay some maturing bonds as well. So a couple of missed payments there. Uh, you combine that with weak economic data, uh, weak credit growth uh, and outright deflation. And that puts a scare not just through Chinese markets, but global markets as well. 
So in the face of all that, David, what have Chinese policymakers been doing? Well, in the aftermath of the pandemic, Western investors became accustomed to really big bang policy responses from governments. Um, and that's just not what China's delivered. So the market's been a little bit disappointed by that. Um, for Chinese policymakers, they seem really reluctant to just pump up that housing market again or to undertake a big debt-funded fiscal stimulus. I suppose they look at, in the medium term, that's probably not what's in the Chinese economy's best interests. So instead, we're just seeing some modest measures, some, some small rate cuts, some financing support for property developers and tech firms, and then a few measures to boost the share market. So lower taxes on share purchases, uh, restricting locals from selling too many stocks, um, and also easier laws for margin lending. So far, though, markets don't seem to be thinking that that's probably enough. And how has that played out in markets then? Well, Chinese shares in particular have been really weak. Uh, they're down about 6% in the month. Um, but as I said earlier, markets have been soft almost everywhere. Now, US shares were actually down nearly 5% at one point this month, but recovered a little bit. Uh, and so in both the US and Australia, shares are down between 1% and 2% in the month. Um, it's also been reporting season in both the US and Australia as well. So in terms of the US market, US banks were actually the biggest drag this month. Um, that sector was down more than 9%. Uh, and in fact, it was some of the biggest banks that fared the worst. Uh, Citibank, for example, was down more than 13%. Uh, the utilities companies, so companies like Nextera and Dominion Energy, they were also down nearly 7%. Now, a lot of utility companies carry very high debt loads. And so in an environment of high interest rates, they actually struggle because as interest rates rise and stay high, their debt burden really weighs on their earnings. On the positive side of the ledger, um, the energy sector was actually a rare bright light this month. Uh, it was up more than 1% uh, as oil prices continued to rebound in August. Um, and the largest energy company, ExxonMobil, was up nearly 4%. Um, and also there were some healthcare names that were actually very strong. So uh, Eli Lilly is a notable one that was actually up 22% in the month. Now, it had earnings results and there was nothing really out of the ordinary there. But on the same day, there was a Danish healthcare company, Novo Nordisk, actually announced some positive cardiovascular benefits in its trial results from a weight loss drug. Uh, the market then inferred that Eli Lilly, which actually has a similar drug, will probably also get a benefit. Uh, and tech, meanwhile, was mixed. Uh, the strongest company there was, again, the AI darling NVIDIA. That was up another 5% in August. Uh, its share price has actually more than tripled since the beginning of the year. Now, despite there already being very strong earnings forecasts for this company, it actually beat all its expectations when it reported its quarterly earnings. And those earnings are up more than five times compared to the same time last year. David, you took us through some of your thoughts on reporting season in the US last month, and you mentioned that uh, Australian company reporting season was about to kick off in August. What are some of the trends that you've seen out of reporting season here in Australia? Well, the actual earnings reports went okay this month in Australia. Um, there's a lot of companies that are experiencing cost pressures, but more companies beat their profit expectations than fell short. Uh, as a general rule, though, companies are a lot less positive when talking about their prospects for the year ahead. And so we had a lot more analysts cutting their profit forecasts than raising them. 
And in fact, for the whole market, profits are expected to actually fall for this year. Uh, and the two most prominent sectors, both the banks and mining companies, are both expected to be under pressure. Uh, if we're looking for signs of economic hardship within the reporting season, um, does come from some of the comments uh, more than the earnings. Um, both Woolworths and Coles, for example, are noting a pickup in rates of shoplifting. So kind of indicative that there's a few people doing it tough out there. All right, looking ahead to September now, David, what are you expecting? Anything in particular? Well, the RBA are meeting on September 5 this month. This is actually going to be the last meeting under outgoing Governor Philip Lowe, with current Deputy Governor Michelle Bullock taking control on September 18th. Now, it's not clear that Governor Bullock will be any different from Governor Lowe, but we have had some softer Australian inflation data this month, so for now it does feel like the RBA are going to be on hold as they're assessing the impact of previous hikes. Um, meanwhile, in the US, uh, the Fed meeting is on September 20th. Uh, Chair Jerome Powell and other senior Fed leaders, they've been leaving the gate open to further hikes. But just like the RBA, it does actually feel like they're going to be pausing this month as well as they assess the incoming data. And in fact, there's actually a strong possibility that both the RBA and the Fed have actually delivered their last hikes for this cycle. Bit of a tentative yay perhaps there, David, for many folks, I'm sure. Um, anything else that we should be watching out for this month? Well, September's the final month of the US fiscal year and Congress needs to pass spending bills to keep the federal government running smoothly by the time the new fiscal year starts on the 1st of October. Now, the US political environment so fractured and polarised these days that Congress can turn what should be the simplest political process into something bigger. So definitely something to watch here. If we get a breakdown in negotiations, it could actually result in a US government shutdown, which would damage the economy and potentially markets as well. Well, he's hoping that when we touch base in October, David, you will have some positive news to share with us on that front. Uh, thanks again so much for joining us today and we'll see you in a month's time. See you then, Lyndon. And that wraps up this episode. Don't miss out on future episodes. Simply subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. Also, a reminder, if you haven't already done so, get downloading the Unisuper app because if you're a Unisuper member, you can check your balance, manage your investments and insurance and a host of other things as well. So just go to your app store of choice, search for Unisuper and get downloading today. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great and create a future worth retiring for. If you'd like more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. And we recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super. Also, Remember to consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They are available on our website. The past performance of any investment options that we discuss in the podcast isn't indicative of their future performance. And it's worth noting that just by talking about certain companies, we're not endorsing them for you to include in your personal portfolio.